Welcome back to another edition of the 104 Podcast. This is a conversation about the Oilers in a healthy and productive manner. My name is Herman Vijegas. I am your co-host. And on my right is a man who went to Montreal and did not complain about the equalization payments. It's Elliot Tanti. That's not how equalization works, Bob. (laughs) That's not how equalization works. I am going to tell you how equalization works. (laughs) Later on in the show, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of people in Alberta that has no idea. No one in this country knows how equalization works, but Alberta likes to, you know, just just talk about it. All right, we are uh, we're going to have a loose and friendly show today, just because. Listen, I have something to say. Well, here we go. I was pretty fired up last episode, um, and although I stand by the majority of what I I'm said, like, don't apologize. I. Uh, I, I inappropriately brought Stantec into that, and so I uh, I apologize to Stantec for Fair you know enough. using them as uh, in my rant against the Oilers brass and the uh, the shit show that is the Edmonton Oilers organization. So and, I know, deeply I, I apologize to the workers and owners of Stantec. I you know I I think that Stantec is one of those like small fish in a big pond kind of people. So, yeah, I think they deserve your apology. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right, let's go to the recap. So, as we watch the Edmonton Oilers go for their second uh, penalty kill, (laughs) of which they've already let one in, uh, let's talk about the game last night because very similar. Uh, They lost uh, 5-4 to the Philadelphia Flyers, a game in which... At many, I didn't watch the game, but every time I looked at the score, I felt very comfortable about it. Yeah. Uh, until I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Four power play goal or penalty power play goals against though, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which is problematic. Obviously, led to the loss. I have a funny story about this. Okay. So you know how the Oilers and Oilers now on Instagram they upload the goals. Yep. Like pretty quickly after. Yep. So I knew it was three two going into the third, and then looked at my Instagram and was like, they showed the goal to make it four two. The Cassian short had a breakaway. Right. But I saw it a little bit later, and I was like, oh, awesome. They're up 4-2. Let, let me check the score. And I laughed to myself. Watch it be fucking 4-4. was like my exact quote to myself in my head. Watch it be 4-4. Open up the app, and I just burst out laughing because it was 4-4 with like six minutes to play in the third. And I was like, are you kidding me? Actually, watch it be 4-4, and then it actually was 4-4. That's such a typical Oilers thing to do. eh? Then they lose in overtime. Apparently, I didn't watch any of this. I just watched Twitter's reaction. Apparently, their overtime was atrocious. Mm -hmm. Um, It looked atrocious. I just saw the condensed game. In terms of, like, people who were out there, too. I mean, when you got Russell diving on a (laughs) (laughs) 3 and 3. But, like, diving. Very weird. Anyway, that was the one game this week. Yeah, just the one game. Welcome back, hockey. Yeah, so we recorded last week, and the only game that was on on yesterday, there's a game on right now, it's 12 o'clock, playing against Montreal. Um, And yeah, and then that's it. I mean, for coming up, I guess we can just talk about what's coming up uh, with the Oilers. I can find it. Find it right now because I, I for sure, I'm not. Prepared I mean, Herman for this. has uploaded it into his personal <laughs> did, calendar. Did so Tuesday, uh, Chicago comes to Edmonton, um, and then on Thursday, Edmonton plays against Minnesota in Minnesota. 
um, at 6 o'clock. And then on Saturday, San Jose comes to Edmonton. So Chicago, Minnesota, San Jose. What do you think? What's your prediction here? Um, and then obviously Montreal. They're playing Montreal yeah, right Montreal now too. Yeah, right. So let's see here. Montreal. I don't know. I think Chicago is a team you can beat. I think Montreal tonight is a team you can beat. I think Minnesota and San Jose are the question marks. San Jose more than Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the Oilers went 2-2, two and two, I think you'd be okay with it this week. But they can't because they've already lost. Oh, no. no they no. could go 2-2. Two and two. I mean, yeah. I mean, you if you if you come out of this game, this Montreal game with a win, that's three out of four points. That's not bad. Um, but, I mean, like, if you look at this lineup, let's see here. <clears throat> Montreal, they, Montreal's playing okay this year. Yeah. They could win this game, though. Uh, Chicago, they should be able to beat Chicago. Minnesota's a, a kind of a... If they really want to go for the playoffs, and I think this is a question that we're going to have later on, um, they need to beat Minnesota. That's the type of game that they need to win, yeah. Yeah, they need to beat Minnesota. They're in the wild card spot. They need to beat them. San Jose is another game where they're like... You need to beat San Jose, but you know what's happened the last <laughs> last two times the Oilers have played San Jose. No, it's not been good. Yeah, it's not been good. Seven it's goals against each. Both the both games. Yeah. So, um, if they didn't get scored seven times, I think it'll be a moral victory <laughs> for the Oilers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why I'm saying two and two this week. I, we have a larger conversation around the the the, the organization mm-hmm. uh, and and what's going to happen this year, but. Yeah. You know, if you're going three and one, then you're on the track to making the playoffs. If you're going two and two, you're on the track to kind of not. I yeah, think. I agree. Then these are the weeks to kind of make it. Not they don't make it or break it, but they're really indicative of what's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. So we're going to take a small break, and then we're going to go into strength and opportunities, and then the news. Okay. So we are doing strengths and opportunities this week. One game. Not a lot to think about in terms of that. Not, 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 not. There's not a lot to think about, but not a lot to say about. Right. It's hard to give strength and opportunities game. for one game. So you had an interesting take, yes. and I'm looking forward to hearing it. So here's the thing that, I, like, because of the strength and opportunity, if you go back to that one game, it's. it's I mean, it's good. I think David had an amazing goal, and Riley had a goal too, and whatever. I mean, it's just one game. It's hard to do anything with that. So for this week, <laughs> these last two weeks. The Shirelli lost. Shirelli got fired. They got canned. There was an all-star game. There was a week break. So, and you know what? It's been interesting. There's been a lot of takes in Twitter and whatever. I, and maybe you can disagree with me on this one. And I'm, I'm open to it. Um, the fans, for the most part, have been kind of middle settled a bit. I think there's a lot of, like mirror looking at like what have you been doing and a lot of people have been talking about how the the, the fans have been a part of this this toxicity in Edmonton so I think there's a lot of like self-awareness lately that I've noticed anyways um, so I'm going to give the fans a little bit of the strength to say like we are kind of all in this together we're all pulling in the same boat what do you feel about that I mean I think the sort of the chaos that was the firing of Peter Shirelli in that last couple of weeks before the break, um, you know, him being fired did sort of calm down the fans. And 
Good on you. I mean, I don't know that I necessarily agree because I don't know that after this game tonight they're not going to find a new demon to sort of pick on. That's true, and that might be the thing too. It's just because there's like a lot, there's nothing to there talk about. There was nothing to talk about, and therefore there was nothing. Th- th- there wasn't a lot to say. But like even sort of like the reactions after last night's game again, there is sort of this just like I'm going to be mad about everything all the time when we lose, right? And I'm and that's just how it's going to be, or that they feel like that's acceptable, right? And yeah, I mean, look. It's it's strength this week. They were fine. The, the fans had got a strength this week because they didn't like lose their mind. They also yeah. didn't have anything to lose their mind about. <laughs> That's true. It's like one of those like <laughs> default wins for you. Who had guys. the most opportunities this week? Oh, then? the media, man. Oh, the media since Shirelli's firing have. I I posted on Twitter. I feel like <clears throat> like old hockey media had like a Slack channel and just came out with like. The worst takes after takes after takes, and they were just bad, bad, bad. And What's just, an example of one? Oh, let's see. Um, there was the Brian Burke uh, defending Shirelli and then going after the fans thing. And also, like, oh, the, was the Brian Burke says that they needed a lot of character and that I wouldn't. Brian Burke said, I would never take this job, even though he was never offered this job. Yeah. <clears throat> um, let me see. There was... Oh, I can't think of any other ones, but I know that there were so many of them. Where I'm Fire Bob Nicholson. Fire Bob Nicholson one, yes. That was on Spectre, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he was necessarily saying that, but that's going to be the next demon, I think, in this town. Yeah. And I mean, this is the, the thing, right? Jeremy is that, like, the, you know, the, the fans weren't losing it, but they will eventually, and the media was kind of losing it with a bunch of hot takes to, like, fi- drum up, like, conversation. And this is what happens in the city. Is like, yeah. I, I'm... I, the shitty thing for me is that I feel like all I'm thinking about right now is what's going to be the next, who's going to be the next, like... Who's the next whipping boy? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, and who's going to determine that? Is it the fans? Is it the media? Is it some combination of both? I mean, worst case scenario, you have, like, the fans wanting one someone someone else's one head and the media wanting someone else's head. Anyway, I mean, I get where you're coming from on this, like, uh, this strengths and opportunities, I don't think I agree with it, though. I think they both have lots of opportunities. <laughs> the fans and the media. <clears throat> Who would be your strength, then? My strength this week would be us. Us? <laughs> <laughs> I would keep the cool. <laughs> Even though my, 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 my one response to Stoffer is getting a lot of likes. We're going to nice. get into it. Which is let's nice. Let's get into it. But let's talk about the news, okay? Let's talk about the news. Ooh, four or five. That's so good. we said all-star game. Not a lot happened in terms of, like, Oilers fandom. It was nice right. to see Dry settle there. It was nice to see McDavid is, like, the star, and everyone loves him. Yes. Lots of conversation about female players. Yes. I think this was an important um, time to talk about women players. Um, the paid Decker campaign uh, about... Her actually beating that passing. By the way, did you watch the skills competition? I watched her that the the, the the fastest skater. So that passing competition, by the way, is like one of the most boring, worst things I've yes. ever seen in my life. It is the worst thing I've seen. Anyways, regardless of that, <laughs> Drysaddle won it, um, won it, quote unquote. But Decker supposedly uh, was faster, and I say supposedly not to say anything bad about Decker. But because there was some like controversy if they actually did or actually didn't, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. She actually was better than like ninety percent of the NHL players that yeah. were actually competed against this thing. And there was a twenty-five thousand um, dollar reward for winning that competition. 
And so because Decker demonstrated the competition and was better for them, most of the NHL players, people were like, you should just pay her. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which makes sense. Yes, I agree. And uh, CCM came through, actually, and paid her, uh, which is really cool. Um, also, um, oh, I forget her name, and I shouldn't forget her name. Um, the fastest skater thing. Um, who was her name? Uh, Coyle. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm really, this is bad. Is Boyle was the last name? Was it Boyle? Oh, we scored, by the way. <laughs> uh, this, this is the outstanding podcasting right here. <laughs> So this basically, really there bad. was the Kendall Coil, the Kendall Coin, Kendall Coin. That's Coyne. what it's called. Wow, <laughs> this is honestly. I'm I don't usually, know who would pick us up right I'm now. Usually, just I'm very well researched here, but Kendall Coin. <laughs> yeah. um, that's what I thought you were going to talk about. Yes, Kendall Coin doing the fastest skater. Did you watch that? Yes, that's what I did see. Yeah, thirteen point two nine or something like that. Like really, really fast, really fast. I mean. It, what I loved about it was all the tweets and stuff from uh, particularly dads too, mm-hmm. tweeting like their daughters be like how excited they were. Their, their daughters like saw themselves for the first time, right? And I don't think we talk about that enough in sports, <clears throat> in culture, mm-hmm. in media. Is like, what does it do to a subset of the population when they see themselves on a big screen Absolutely. or on TV or Absolutely. in, you know? And I was I was stoked about that. Like that was that was really cool. And it was so on NHL. I almost like had to like blink my eyes and be like, "Is this really what I'm watching? Is this really NHL just doing this right now?" You know. I um, it's the same kind of feeling I get when I when I see Latinos in hockey, for example, or even just like players of color in hockey. Yeah. Where like, like even someone like Ethan Bear, which I I'm not indigenous, but I'm like I was just like, yeah, please like. Well, I Jordan hope, Tutu did that for yeah. for loads of young Indigenous youth yeah. for a long time, right? And he's like, I was so happy to see that going on. And like, I remember watching the skills competition with my fiance, and when she saw Kendall Coyne uh, run the fastest skater, she, like I can see like her just like bucking up and was like, "Woo, go girl!" Like, yeah, like yeah, kind yeah. of the thing. And I'm like, that's the like that's amazing to me. Like that really is amazing. And I. I, I'm very happy that the NHL, like, and I think they still need to do a little bit better at that. But I hope this opens the door for them to reach out to do a little bit more uh, cooperation with the women's players. But let's also not forget this is the women, the female U.S. team that's actually fought for you know exactly. living wage, and not just a year ago, or maybe a little bit more than a year. It was ago. a year ago, yeah, 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 and engaged in that entire conversation and really pushed and changed the way that U.S. hockey is like valuing them. Yes, as a, as a collective. Um, and I think, you know, this is the next progression in that as well, too. You can right. pay for equal work. And, and, and that's an important conversation as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Wouldn't I, you love, like, a national w- NWHL, like a women's hockey league, like a, the, very similar to the way the NHL does it? Well, there is one. There's two of them. There's the, the, NW- There's the Canada one and the U.S. one, right? Yeah, and I think that there, there's some weird competition with that, too. Yeah, but I mean, like, wouldn't you... I, I, my idea, my thought was that they should merge and, like, create, like... They tried it. It's There's a weird, weird rivalry corporation type of bureau- oh, bureaucratic nonsense that's going on with that. But I agree. Like, and I think it'd be really cool to see a na- nationwide... Yes. Um, hockey league. I would love to see one in Edmonton. Yeah, I would love to see one. We could totally support it too. In fact, I think the NHL. Like, I think our Oilers team 
there there's a huge market for that here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you think about all the uh, like girls hockey and teams in the city and the, yeah. the, the, the longing for hockey too. They would love that. And I think when... It would probably be more popular than the Oil Kings, I would think. Yeah. Probably, at least, at the very least, as popular as the Oil Kings. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's... A, I I remember when I think the Canada-US came to play in Edmonton. I think that stadium was pretty... I mean, it wasn't packed, but it was good enough to, like, support women's team. I think we could. I think yeah. we definitely could. I And I think, it, again, one of those things where, like, the NHL is making... Like I don't trust them specific. I don't trust the NHL to do a whole lot of things right, but they're moving in the right direction. Like even just having like jerseys that were are made out of plastic and are made out of like garbage, but at yeah. the same time like doing something for the environment and like bringing in women's players. These are just these are good things. These are not like this is nothing for me to shit on in regards yeah. to this part of the thing. It's 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 those are those are all net positives. I think. Yeah, I'd yeah. like to see this become like the regular. Th- thing moving forward i hope so too and i think that might happen um you speaking of regular things that are <laughs> stupid <laughs> yes yes please 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 edmonton oilers staffer and media personality bob Stoffer showed up in uh, montreal yesterday this is his tweet this is not the first time bob's done this as well yeah <laughs> i love coming to montreal where they have a tremendous passion for hockey I will like it even more when Alberta starts receiving the 10 to $11 billion a year in equalization payments with the majority coming from Quebec taxpayers while we veto their Hydro-Quebec projects. Side-eye. Side-eye emoji. <laughs> this is not how equalization works. No, it's not. Okay, and I, this isn't a politics podcast, and I'm... And I'm willing to understand that, but this is this is the main spokesperson. He's this sweet. is this is the person who is it. the front man for the Edmonton Oilers. You may look at Tom Gazzola or or his the, the new guy in there uh, who's not Tom Gazzola. You might look at um, Connor McDavid, Bob Nicholson, who is on Twitter all the time. The media personality that represent the Bram. It's yeah. Bob Stoffer. And he does not... Why would you tweet about something that you just simply do not understand? Mm -hmm. We pay equalization payments because we're younger, we're richer, and we're healthier. Yep. When you wrap your mind around that, Bob, and you do some research, you can come back and respond to me. Mm -hmm. But that's not... We don't just put it in a little, like, bin and just ship it off to Quebec. (laughs) We are healthier... We are richer and we are younger. We pay, everyone pays the same amount. We just don't get as much back because we are younger, we are healthier, and we are richer. And you know what? I want to live in a place where people are younger, they are richer, and they are healthier. And if you don't want to live in a place like that, Bob, because you're certainly not young, you're certainly not healthy. But you are certainly rich. I have seen you in the Ford truck driving around all the time. You can leave Alberta because, frankly, you're not representative of our province. And you're certainly not representative of our team in this situation. Uh-huh. And, and I'm like, why? why? What, what is this about? Like, why would you tweet something like this? Guy this guy just wants so badly to be an MLA under Jason Kenney. Oh, yeah, 100%. I also think it's like we're going we're gonna to stir up the whole, like, Alberta thing where like this is just it's just the, the fancy like the trendy thing to do is to shit on Quebec and like oh I'm going to talk about the equalization payments you know nothing about that like we pay the we pay the lowest taxes in all of Canada right we are younger <laughs> we are healthier <laughs> and we I, are richer I don't get it <laughs> it's, 
ridiculous. That's how equalization works, Bob. Get the fuck out of my province, you old unhealthy bastard. Oh my god, I, I, I'm always like, politics and sports like are intertwined, and this stuff is like this stuff is disappointing to me in the sense that the Calgary Flames and now the Edmonton Oilers are wading into this whole like oil discussion. I get it, the Edmonton Oilers. I get it, <laughs> like that's their name. At the same time, though, like, why? This is to me is just like, I I know where the where the corporations their interest lies. I've never seen a we love LGBTQ uh, people uh, little logo thing. I've never seen that. Um, but we have an I love oil and gas logo that Calgary and Edmonton showed up. I know where their interests lie. This is the, this is the thing that pisses me off about both of this this freaking conversation is that is the hypocrisy that comes out of this you know what i mean yeah i mean pride tape originated in edmonton and edmonton was one of the teams that kind of jumped on board with that first yeah but like but there were some other teams that really jumped on it a lot more yes yeah. <laughs> that's what i'm saying <laughs> i mean i don't think my team needs to be political that's not an expectation for me i don't think no but I- um at the same time, it's just Bob Stoffer's a dumbass. He's a dumbass. He's <laughs> like, a dumbass. Like, like you don't understand if that's going to be your take when you're in Montreal that you want to take a shot about like. And the other thing too is like it's not you know the idea that Quebec is vetoing our our, our projects. Like, there's a lot of things vetoing our our projects uh-huh. uh, that don't want it that don't want a pipeline. I would start at the top with BC. Yep. You don't do this when you go into BC, do you, Bob? No. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's again, indigenous it's a, people. It's one of those things. There's, that a, you there's a huge indigenous con- uh, contingent that doesn't support our projects. But yeah, we're gonna go straight to. It's just like this Alberta mentality that like mm-hmm. everyone's against us. The East is against us. Mm-hmm. It's just so boomer. Mm-hmm. It's so old manny and crotchety, and it's just not. This is not the province. The province is not what you think it is. Right. And your echo chamber, like the people that respect you, Bob are your age. Yeah. No one younger than you respects you and it's because of tweets like this. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't get it. We're younger, we're healthier, and we're richer. Yeah. And when you come back to me and figure, a, a, and tell me why that impacts our equalization payments, then maybe, then maybe I'll have some time to talk to you. He, he thinks he you does. team hack shrill. <laughs> you can talk about more about the Edmonton media later on. And I'm not coming back next week and apologize to Bob Stoffer. <laughs> Thank God. We <laughs> could apologize to Stantec. <laughs> Joel Person. Do you know anything about Joel Person? I know he's a little bit richer. <laughs> he is definitely a little bit richer. So the owner signed Joel Person to a one-year contract on the 29th. Uh, let me see how much he signed. Oh, and it's probably just an entry-level thing. Uh, Joel Person, <clears throat> he... To be honest, know a little bit about. It. He came in over for, from a trade, if I, if I remember. Um, he used to play with Elias Pettersson a lot uh, in the Swedish Elite League, and supposedly him and Pettersson were really good together. Um, Joe Person, I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about. Joe Person is that in the saying that like he is uh, someone coming up from the pipeline. It might be really good, but. I don't know. I, don't I mean, another example of that outstanding sort of pipeline of um, prospects that Peter Shirelli built in Edmonton. <laughs> um, and I think that's exciting that you have people yep. that you want to sign and, and, and coming out of multiple different leagues that will compete for positions. Yeah. I mean, teams do kind of these micro moves all the time. Mm-hmm. 
I have a feeling that this one is a lot smarter than we fully realize. Um, he's in the Swedish Elite League right now. He's Swedish Elite League. He's got uh, 22 points in 35 games. It's not bad. Not bad at all. Um, goal seems like assists. a pretty defensive guy. Yep. Yeah. He's a defenseman. He's an offensive defenseman, to be honest. So he's he's played well. Like he's is he on the right side? Uh, maybe. No, I don't know. Actually, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, we don't know anything about him. <laughs> Honestly, we don't know anything about him. It's very exciting. It's exciting that we're getting a whole lot of. He's like, good enough that he got like allowed. He was allowed to be signed in this temporary Keith Gretzky time. Yes, <laughs> which is probably an indication that he is. The team is very high on him, and that's that's good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's he's, he seems like a really good. He's twenty three years old. Hopefully, he can come in and play with the a, in the AHL. Um, it's a very low risk move. Like sign into an entry level an AHL contract or maybe a two way contract. See what happens. And if not, if not, whatever. It's fine. He's young. He's healthy. He's rich. Move on. <laughs> Equalization payments. He's allowed in Alberta. He's in Alberta. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna come back to our big topic. We're gonna talk about the future of the Edmonton Oilers, Sons, Petrelli. Okay, so we're back in the big topic. Um, Peter Shirelli's gone. We talked about this already in the last episode. We're not going to reimagine it again. Keith Gretzky, the interim GM, we got, I don't know, three months, four more months until the end of the season. What do you think the Oilers are going to do? What do, you, what do you want them so to do? So I was thinking about this this week. Uh, it was like, so it, yesterday was the 51st game. So basically right. from the break, there were there are 32 games left in the season. My thinking is the Oilers need to be go minimum 20 and 12. 20 and 12. To make the playoffs. So basically two wins, one loss every, every one. Basically. Okay. You know, but then you get a little bit of extra because you maybe get the lo- Like last night, right. you got the loser point. Right. Um, you know, I'm not even sure that's enough because when I'm looking at the points right now, that gets them to about 94, 93. I don't know in the last couple of years, 93 has gotten them into the playoffs. No. They've gotten anyone into the playoffs. But the West is so weak, and if it stays as weak as it is, as it is maybe 20 and 12 gets you there. The West is a mess and a half, Yeah. by the way. It's like... Um, there's at least four or five teams that are in. Um, that are within four points of the Oilers. Yeah, it's really it's really weird. And so it's, I don't know, I, I, I just want to see how many people way up ahead and whatnot. Um, frick, this is terrible. The NHL website is actually the worst. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> <clears throat> so the Wild and the Avalanche right now hold the wild card spot in the West. Uh, the Canucks are right behind at yeah. 54 points. Um, the Ducks, the Coyotes, you know, the Oilers need to leapfrog over four other teams, five other teams, to make the wild card spot. But there, there's like no, there, there's very small difference in the title. Like, the Oilers are right now at 51 points. So are the Avalanche, who are in the wild card spot. So 50 points for the Oilers. Oh, sorry, 52 is for them. Yeah. Okay. So let's say the Oilers got one point last night, so forty nine. Mm-hmm. So if they win twenty games, you give them another forty. So they'd literally be at ninety points. Right. Do you think that's enough? <clears throat> no. Twenty and twelve? The Oilers have to go twenty and twelve and it might not be enough. No, it might not be. To be honest, like to make the playoffs, I think last year it was like 93, 94 points around there. And I think just to get into the wild card spot. And that's the thing. I feel like the Oilers right now are in like a 
like a point of no return situation or in like we need to make a decision here are we going to go for it or are we not going to go for it because if we're not going to go for it then those are the times i feel you need to we need to start looking at trading people like cassian trading people like talbot trading like looking towards getting draft picks to getting to putting the future gm in a form of success in a form of success and say like you got the picks you got the assets we're going to move some salary maybe hopefully set them up for success but at the same time, are they going to say, let's go for it. Let's bring in a rental. I'm kind of confused on this because I think you can do both at the same time. Like, I think the Oilers are actually, from an asset management perspective, in pretty good shape. I mean, okay, they're, they're a bit tough on the, on the cap. Mm-hmm. I would say that for sure. They're not the worst in the league by far. They're probably in the bottom third in terms of, like, cap situation yeah. in the league. But really, like, they're midway in, in, in that. They've got a lot of young players coming up that are quite strong. But those players are not going to do anything this season. No, no, no. But, you know, what I'm saying is I think that they're actually pretty well set up to make a run here. All right, okay. So you think that the Oilers can leapfrog six teams here? I, absolutely. I'm not, I mean, when you say leapfrog six teams, it's disingenuous. It's two points. It is two points. Right? I'll give you like, that. It's literally two points. But everyone else is like one point. And, like, the Canucks yeah. have 54 points. They're not in just because of the fact that the other divisions are on yes. there. Right? Like, by the way, the Canucks, I don't know what the hell. I think they're playing with house money. I don't know. Like, they're just happy to be there, I think. Um, and not only that, like, okay, so you make the playoffs. Do you think that if the Oilers make the playoffs, what are they going to do in the playoffs? Do you think that they're gonna, they are going to they can beat a Jets or even the Flames? In a seven no, but I'd series? love to see that series. The Flames Oilers series would be freaking fantastic. <laughs> and you know what? When you get in the playoffs, all bets are off. You know, you get hot, you get a hot goalie, things go on. We have the best player in the world. Like, I don't know. It's, it's about true. getting there. You're right about it's that. It's about getting there. That's my focus right now. Right. That's what I'm thinking about. And I think if the Oilers need to go 20 and 12, they need to pick up 40 points mm-hmm. before the end of the season. I'm going to say that if they get to 90 points, they make the playoffs. They make 90 points to make the playoffs. The way that the West works right now, looks right now. Here's the thing. I think the Canucks are going to, they're going to fall a little bit. Uh, The Ducks, I don't know about the Ducks. The Coyotes are going to fall a bit. The Blues are making a run for it. The Oilers are need to really, really step it up here. The other thing, we talk about cap. You know who's coming back soon? Mr. Sekera. Mr. Sekera. We need to unload some spaces for that because we are just at the cap right now. Um, I think we're at four million in cap space, and I think Sekera is at five point five. So that's the thing too. We need to unload some people, and that's going to be an issue. It's going to be an issue coming up here soon. So this is the things that I'm worried about as a cap management person. So Gretzky right now has some decisions to make, and this is the thing that concerns me. So if the Oilers say we're going to go for the playoffs, they'll need Andre Sekera. But then that means, do you deal Russell? Do you? I don't know. Like maybe do play. They're for in a t- tough. They're in a tough little spot here. I think in that way. The same time though, eh, they'll figure it out. You got all kinds of. 
tips and tricks around that. I mean, that, that might cost a Kyra. Uh, I mean, Malone, maybe. Cave, maybe. Could be put him on waivers or whatever. Are you really worried about the future of the team? Like, I, I, I mean, I, I'm looking at this. There's a lot of UFAs that are falling off There's a, in the next two years. There's an R, a bunch of RFAs. And I'm, the thing I didn't I'm know Toby about, Reader was still an RFA. Yeah, he is. He's 26 or something like that. Wow. He's a young kid. Um, the thing that worries me is that I think I would be much more comfortable if the Oilers came out before, made some moves to say either one thing or the other. Like, we're going to go for it or we're not going to go for it. If we're staying at the same part right now. I don't know if I like. Like, look at these games. We're going to go, like, 500. We're going to miss the playoffs. And we're not going to have a good draft spot. We're not going to have good draft picks. That's my worry. Yeah. Is that we're going to be, like, 10th. Oh, again. fair enough. So... Either you make a decision. We're going to go for it or we're not going to go for it. And to be honest, right now, as I feel more comfortable, is to say, like, we're not going to go for it. And we're going to try to let off someone like Cam Talbot, someone like Zach Cassian, and just get rid of some of these contracts and maybe get some draft picks back and then load up for next season. So you don't like Cassian because of his contract? No, it's not that I don't, well, I mean, it's not that I don't like Cassian, but I, I just... I mean, there's not much to give up. Like, who's going to take Talbot? No one. Like who needs a goalie right now at that salary? Even yeah, for like a, as a backup, like is that, if you're gonna, if you're trading for someone for three and a half million, like you're gonna you're gonna take Talbot? No, you're trading for someone like a winger, a scoring winger, not a backup goalie on your team <clears> if you're gonna make a run. And then Cassian, yeah, Cassian's you know he's a playoff performer and right. he's got some experience <clears> and some pedigree and he's kind of guy you want in the playoffs. Yeah, he's certainly you know someone that I could see, but like. I would see, like, I could see, For two like, years? I mean, and I don't want this because I actually would like to keep Tobias Reader. And I think you could probably even lower that contract next year to say, like, okay, hey, we weren't so good this year. Maybe 1.5 or 1 mil would be great for you um, for another year. But Cassian, 1 9, that's an expensive contract. Um, Brodziak is another one where I could see them leaving with. Um, Chason? Chason's interesting. So- well, Chason's going to get a pay raise this year. And that's the thing. Like, do you sell high on Chason or do you sign him for another year? I'd probably get rid of him. I would get rid of him. Too. He's, he's, he's PDOing up. My, my thing is, like, I don't know. I guess they do have to eventually make a decision here. Yeah. Talk to me in 20 games at the trade deadline or 15 games. So the trade, trade deadline's deadline. in February 25th. Yeah, okay. So 10 games. Yeah. Because that will have a pretty good idea of whether you're on that 20 and 12 path or not. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the Oilers. Oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I know Nicholson said that they're going, they're gunning for the playoffs. I don't know what it is now. That was when Pietrelli was a GM. I don't know what that is right now. Do you know what I mean? So that's my. I'm like my curiosity is to. Do you think they're just in a holding pattern? I think right now they're in a holding pattern. Do you miss an opportunity if you're in a holding pattern? I think you do. I think you do. I'm not sure you do. I think you have you. I don't think you miss on like getting players. I think you miss. On, on the Brodziaks and the Chasons. Like, if you were going to the playoffs, you keep Chason, right? Yeah, but if you're not, you're trading him out. And he's a high value. That's right what now. I mean, though. I think the Oilers have ten games to figure out if they're going to be a team or not. Yeah, I think we're too. It's this conversation is too early to have. I think you're right. You may be right. So, do you think if the Oilers in the next ten game they go five hundred, five and five? Is that like a no? That's not you're not you're not on a, you're not on a pace for a twelve a twenty and twelve right at that point. So you you need the Oilers to be in those next six and games, four six and four seven would and three. be minimum seven and three. You know maybe six three and one something like that. 
or five, three, and two, something like that, then maybe I think about it. Those are sort of worst case scenarios because then you're yeah. really on the bubble about it. But yeah, no, I think you, you need a winning record. I think if you go 500 as a team, and that that's including the loser points. Like if Absolutely. you're if you're five, three, and two, that's still 500 in my mind. That's not good enough. Right, I agree. And right you. now the team is 0, 0 and one. So on this 32 game stretch, yeah. So that's where I'd start. Right Do there. you think? that the Oilers here's my asking prediction for you do you think the Oilers are going to hire a GM before the season ends no absolutely not I think everyone knows that that's not going to be the case yeah um, I would don't you, think there's who much would point. you want as an Oilers GM by the way Peter Shirley do you want Peter Shirley back <laughs> I mean it's kind of being facetious you know what I was I, I, I was kind of lenient on you last week I feel <laughs> I was really yeah. listening to the thing and I'm like I wasn't as hard on Elliot as I should have had because I think Shirley did a terrible job yeah, I know you don't agree with Shirley at all. I mean, I, we could do that. We could do the show. We could do the show where I do do the Shirley right. defense and you do the. We could do. We could save it for the summer if we want. Yeah, I mean, we could I'm do totally that. into the Shirley defense. I, I, there's so many things he messed up, and I'm just like, I can't believe that I just left you off the hook last week. I mean, week. I've already, I've got an explanation for the the, the, the Griffin Reinhardt. Oh, I would love to hear it. <laughs> I would love to hear it. Okay. We might have to hold off on that one. Um, I think that's all we have to talk about right now. So you're saying uh, seven and three, hopefully the next ten games. And I say right some now, some version of that or better. I say I don't. I they're going to go five and five. I don't think they're going to do anything right now. The holding pattern, the way the orders work right now, they're they're five hundred team. Yep. Be honest. I'm, no, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, we'll see if there's any news. We're actually going to have some games to talk about next week. Yeah. <laughs> so this will be interesting. We'll probably actually have an actual strength and an opportunity. And here's my plea for the Edmonton media. Just relax. Relax. We don't need any more hot takes. I don't need to. Here's one thing I don't need for anymore for the media. Is any more takedowns of, like, of the Oilers organization again. Like, I've heard it so many times already. Like, Jeremy Roenick went after it. And then there's, like... There was like I don't know the 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 hockey night in Canada Punjabi panel even had like a really? take a takedown on Daryl Cates and I'm like savage okay. and everyone's like oh man he went off like low tide I think went off and I'm like enough okay like I know everybody's upset but just enough I've heard it so many times no one said anything new tell me something new then you talk about it like I'm I'm so done with that to me like media just chillax I think that's totally fair yeah I think that's totally fair all right. That was it for our 104 podcast. Next weekend, you got a Super Bowl prediction or what? Oh, right. Uh, I don't watch football, so I'm going to go. Not that kind of football. <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rams and the Patriots. This is You're probably going to watch it, and you're going to be like, Herman, you're an idiot. But I'm going to go with I, I'm gonna go with the Rams. I'm going to go with the Rams. You got a score in mind? Uh, let me see. 34-20. Um, 34-20. Yeah. Patriots are going to win. 27-20. 27-20. All right. You can never count out Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. <laughs> this is not an endorsement of the yeah. Patriots. It's just an accept- <laughs> it's acceptance of their capacity. <laughs> this is like, this is, this is the worst thing I've heard you say. In Our server podcast. has a fuck Tom Brady shirt. <laughs> it's, awesome. it's amazing. We should post that on the Twitter. <laughs> Anyways, have a wonderful week. We'll see you next time on the 104 Podcast.